On today's episode, will your PHT get better on its own? Welcome to the podcast, helping you overcome your proximal hamstring tendinopathy. This podcast is designed to help you understand this condition, learn the most effective evidence-based treatments, and of course, bust the widespread misconceptions. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm an online physiotherapist, recreational athlete, creator of the Run Smarter series, and a chronic proximal hamstring tendinopathy battler. Whether you are an athlete or not, this podcast will educate and empower you in taking the right steps to overcome this horrible condition. So let's give you the right knowledge along with practical takeaways in today's lesson. Welcome back. This episode, this recording in particular, has gone through quite a journey. I have originally recorded this episode uh, several months ago, and it was titled, Will My Injury Get Better on Its Own? And it's just like this um, generic topic, doesn't matter what injury. And I lay down my ideas and thoughts about Um, based on like people I've seen in the past, based on my understanding of injuries, will it get better on its own? And yeah, I just laid down my thoughts. It was originally put down as a patron exclusive episode. So for those who aren't familiar, I also have the Run Smarter podcast and I have a patron uh, exclusive episode. So I have patrons who contribute five Australian dollars per month and they jump into this private Facebook group, they get exclusive content, they get um, like a more intimate level uh, into the Run Smarter podcast, ask questions to future guests, plan for future episodes, and um, just help me in the direction of the podcast. And so it was recorded, the patrons decided and voted on that particular episode. I recorded it, (laughs) left it for about two or three months, I think, before releasing it as a patron release onto the Run Smarter main feed. And so shown it there, that was probably about six or seven weeks ago. And then now we have it on the PHT podcast because I feel like this topic would be really interesting for you to understand. I know a lot of people that are just waiting or have a timeline. Maybe they've been told that their PHT will resolve in six weeks by a health professional. And then they just sit down, they wait for the injury to heal because that's what the body does. It um, Once you are injured, it does its best to try to heal the situation. And sometimes that doesn't happen if it's mismanaged or if it's misunderstood and you fail to identify proper rehab, fail to identify what's causing particular irritation or aggravation. And that's what we dive into today, trying to best understand, will your PHT get better on its own? Like I say, this recording has taken quite a journey. It's now on its third podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Will my injury get better on its own? So before we dive into, I guess, some hypotheticals, let's talk about the basics because I need to talk about the basics. It's just a refresher for you, but it's something you always need to keep in mind when it comes to injury, injury prevention, um, just overcoming injuries in general. So we all know being patrons of this podcast, we all know about your adaptation zone. We know that when you get injured, um, what we have done is exceeded that adaptation zone. And for whatever reason, now in this sensitized state, 
in this current short-term state, the tissues can no longer tolerate the same amount of load that it once did. It's temporarily weaker. And this is the start of that pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral. But nonetheless, when it comes to the adaptation zone, that adaptation zone is slightly weaker or it's lowered to its injured state. And so when returning to running, um, what we need to do is find where that current adaptation zone is want to find where its irritability is, want to find how severe it is and what current load you can tolerate, uh, what's acceptable. And we do so through a gradual return to run program. We build up your strength and um, your conditioning with rehab exercises or strength exercises. We build you up with, depending on the injury, with like your endurance, with your strength, with your power. We slowly start to integrate hills and speed work and we just slowly build everything back up within your adaptation zone and as you work within that adaptation zone it creeps back up to its pre-injury state and then we just continue moving forward beyond so your adaptation zone is now beyond what it once was pre-injury so that you're becoming more robust you're becoming more resilient so that is the general principles that we need to follow when talking about like hypotheticals when it comes to this sort of situation. So um, a normal response to injury or for someone who has, say, really good management skills, they've done everything right, or they've maybe got lucky and overcome this injury quite swiftly, there's a couple of situations that happen. Well, there's a couple of scenarios that might happen. The first scenario is that, okay, you're already quite strong. Maybe you're training for a marathon. Maybe you're a, an ultra-athlete. Maybe you've just stuck to really regimented building up running volumes. You've been doing your strength training and you've been doing your cross training and your overall, you're quite a all-rounded athlete with a big base. Um, but for whatever reason, there's been a small fluctuation in your training, maybe an under recovery, maybe a small training error, maybe you've changed terrain or something too much and then you've developed pain. So that's a pretty common scenario, which I see with a lot of runners. They've, they've been, they're a pretty dedicated athlete. They've been doing all the right things, but for whatever reason, there's been a slight adjustment in their loads and all of a sudden they've started developing knee pain or calf soreness or foot pain, something like that. In that scenario, um, what might happen just organically or just randomly is you've identified that shift, you've identified that change, and then you just revert back to your previous load. So if all of a sudden you were doing more hills, you said, oh, my knee's a bit sore from all those hills. Let me have a day or two off and let me just go back to what I was usually doing and then make sure I don't make that same training error in the future. And if I do decide to do hills or reintroduce hills, I want to make sure it's more gradual than what I previously just did because I know that's um, jumping the gun or jumping my adaptation zone. And so what happens is that when you revert back to that previous load, um, where now the the adaptation zone during that injury hasn't fluctuated too much because you've already got this big base. And so it might have been a little bit sensitive. A couple of days later, that sensitized state has reduced. And then when you go back to your pre-injury levels, pre-injury volumes, you're still within your adaptation zone and training continues. And so that's an example of an injury, no matter where in the body, that has 
just got better on its own, just based on your own good management skills, your good decision-making processes. Um, It's a very mild case, I guess, when it comes to an injury. But we see this all the time. We You see um, anecdotes of people on Facebook and saying, yeah, I had shin splints and then it just went away. Or, you know, yeah, I had knee pain, but I had it for a week or so and then now it's okay and it hasn't come back. And it's usually these sort of principles that are followed. The second common scenario that I see when it comes to a good response to injury or an injury getting better on its own when it comes to good management skills is if someone has a significant injury. So if someone is training, they're training for a marathon and they've had it, they've gone on holidays uh, for a couple of weeks and they have to try and jump straight back into their marathon training plan and they just do way too much and their knee has got really sore because they had to do a long run. It involved a lot of hills. Um, that you went with a, a friend who's a lot fitter than you are, so you were running a bit faster, trying to get a little bit competitive. All of a sudden, your um, knee pains come on after the run, and it's really sore the next day. Um, so this is a significant fluctuation in this adaptation zone. The injured area, no matter where in the body, but it's just really sensitive, really sore, really painful, really irritated. So what do we do with these? How do we respond to this with good management skills? Well, usually we, um, the rebuild is a bit more substantial. So we need to, in most cases, just almost go back to square one, have a, have a couple of days off, maybe do some strength rehab, maybe do some squats, maybe do some light loading to see if you can start tolerating more of those running loads. Then once you can tolerate small amounts of running, then you're just doing a a walk run program and slowly building up your tolerance. And so this is how an injury can get better on its own, but we're just following these good management skills. Walk run programs are perfect for this type of scenario. And yeah, and then what we're doing is we're finding your adaptation zone, which is a lot lower than that first scenario. But then we're just following the exact same management skills and just building you back up. So those two scenarios, no matter what injury type, are examples of how an injury could get better on its own. But it does require education. It does require accurate interpretation of symptoms. It does require sensible decision-making. And so that's when things can go awry, which is what I want to delve into now, which is where things can actually go wrong. So I've gone through a list. I've got a list of five things here of when things can go wrong with an injury, which then means it it won't get better on its own, or it's very, very tough for it to become better on its own. And this can easily revert to getting better on its own once you follow those management skills, once you follow those two examples I used before. But people don't often have those, they either don't make the sensible decisions, they don't know how to make those sensible decisions, they don't know anything about good management principles, Um, they've followed the wrong advice, they've gone to a health professional who only just works on passive treatments like dry needling and massage and say it should get better on its own. That's sort of the things it could run into. So I've got a list of five things here of things that can go wrong, which means your injury may not get better on its own. So number one is just being mismanaged initially. So this continues to affect the adaptation zone. This is kind of a part of that pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral. 
<clears throat> because when someone develops an injury and they're three quarters of the way through their training program or their marathon training program, they don't want to take time off. And so maybe they think, oh, let me just risk it. Let me just push through the pain. Let me just see how it goes. Let me try and just risk it and see if I if it goes gets better on its own and then I can still run at these high volumes. Or people might just not interpret it and say, oh, running, there's always going to be pain when you run. Um, this is just a little niggle. Let me just see how it goes. And then they continue doing their speed work. They continue doing their hills and it's too much. And that, that, uh, injury just becomes more and more irritated. And then by the time it's now a full blown injury, sometimes weeks or months down the track, it's extremely hard to overcome. And so mismanaging the injury initially is a big step. It's something very commonly that I see. It's someone doing too much, someone running too fast, doing too many hills when that injury or that um, that location of the injury can't tolerate those loads. And so this is um, a, a pretty key point because it's doing the exact opposite of what those good scenarios or those good management skills were in those examples above. So I, I put this number one as, because it's the most common error that I see. And so keep that in mind. It, it can get better on its own if you then change your habits or if you then change um, something that you're doing. But often when I talk to runners and they come in because they've got an injury for six months, 12 months, and you go back to how it very first was created, you can see that the injury itself, the site itself was starting to develop some symptoms and then they've just either ignored it or they've pushed past it or they've just decided to risk and just do a race, do that triathlon, do that ultra marathon, and that's what's led to the the downward spiral that they found themselves in. So that's number one, the the mismanaged, initially mismanaging that injury. Number two is it starts to, um, the, the loading outside of the running starts to exceed your adaptation zone. And so we're talking about daily loading that's on the body that's not during your running loads because runners love running. They think their injury is due to their running, but it can get to a point where that adaptation zone drops to this sensitized state, but it drops so much and it's irritated to the point where whatever you're doing throughout the day is exceeding that adaptation zone. And so some examples here are, say, standing for if someone has plantar fasciitis. Uh, it's something like sitting for proximal hamstring tendinopathy. And these are the two injuries that I find can be can persist for a very, very long time. Plantar fasciitis, people can have plantar fasciitis for several years if they've mismanaged it, or proximal hamstring tendinopathy for several years if they've mismanaged it. And one of the reasons, there's a, a few reasons, but one of the reasons is because outside of running, what you're currently doing, like whether it be your work, whether it be um, your family commitments, whether it be your hobbies outside of running, now exceed that tissue's adaptation zone. So uh, an example, say for plantar fasciitis, is someone who trained for a marathon, did some training error, all of a sudden they've developed this plantar fasciitis, but they are a chef, a full-time chef that has to stand for long periods of time. 
usually on quite hard floors. You can usually find some comfortable footwear, but just the, the standing for such a long period of time during their shift means that it's exceeded their adaptation zone during their shift. So it's very, very tough for that tissue to recover. Very hard to find some rest time, some recovery time in order to build them back up. And so what the, the work shift does is actually make that tissue more sensitized and that adaptation zone further drops because we know this pain, rest, weakness, downward spiral. And then it becomes extremely tough to overcome. Same with proximal hamstring tendinopathy. If you've, say in my um, scenario, I guess for plantar fasciitis as well, like when I've had plantar fasciitis in the past, that's carried over into my work as a physio. Back when I was working in clinics, I used to wear quite dressy shoes with quite a firm heel underneath so I had to change my footwear Um, I had to if I was doing Pilates classes if I was taking Pilates classes where I had to stand for long periods of time I'd take off my shoes I would put a um, a rubber mat underneath my computer where I would type out the Pilates programs just to give myself a bit more cushioning because I recognized that my sensitized plantar fasciitis was carrying over into my daily work and it was becoming really hard to overcome because I was standing for such long periods of time. And I guess the the proximal hamstring tendinopathy, I can use an example as well. Training for triathlons, that overloaded me and my proximal hamstring tendons were sore. It, they were sore for several months, but then started to carry over into sitting from um, if I was to say do notes it was to carry over if I was to treat someone on a on a plinth on a treatment bed and I had to lean over and massage or do some joint mobs or do some dry needling and I had to just that gentle lean over the bed over the patient was um, for a long period of time was starting to irritate those tendons and so that's carrying things over and if it's irritated after your work shift when you haven't been running it's extremely tough to switch into recovery mode and so that's when I had to alter how I was standing, had to alter how I was sitting and try and get on that road to recovery. So number one, mismanaging that injury initially. Number two, loading the the loading capacity is exceeded outside of your running and into your everyday life. Number three that I have written down here is there's just missing pieces to your rehab. So an injury that just doesn't get better on its own is usually one that's uh, reoccurring, one that's like as soon as you go back to high mileage or as soon as you go back to a certain amount of mileage or as soon as you go back to hills, the injury flares up again and it's just not going away. Well, maybe there's something within your rehab that's actually uh, missing. So you may be doing a whole bunch of... um, I guess one example would be, say, for proximal hamstring tendinopathy, because I see a lot of those people, a lot of those patients, they have recognized the benefits of strength training, but they just only keep to body weight style exercises. They know strength is good, so they do their, um, say, maybe an arabesque or maybe a, um, a deadlift or maybe a bridge, just body weight. And because it's a little bit painful, they just stick to that. But then as soon as they try and get back to running, um, they try a return to run program, they try and be as gradual as they can, and it just flares up. Well, in your rehab, when it comes to your rehab, you're just trying to 
breach, you're trying to reach this chasm. You're not working your way up the rehab ladder one rung at a time. You're just trying to go from the easiest form of exercise you can do and then go to a huge load, which is running. And so the gap is too too big for you to negotiate. And so missing pieces in rehab, it could be introducing power-based exercises. It could be slowly introducing speed into your running. It could slowly be introducing hills into your running. Just trying to find, based on your injury, where those missing pieces might fall, especially if you try, you've tried several attempts to return to running and that injury keeps flaring up. You may need to go back to that rehab ladder, maybe find some rungs in that rehab ladder that you haven't maybe considered or maybe not even thought of, maybe get a second opinion and then just slowly work up those that rehab ladder because it's just following those simple principles. So number one, mismanage initially. Number two, the loading is now exceeding the um, the injury site outside of running into your everyday life. Three, there's this missing pieces in your rehab. Number four is just misinformation. This injury might not get better on its own if you have just um, Googled something or you've just took on some advice which was ill-advised or maybe not evidence-based and maybe making this situation worse. And it's just a plain case of just being misinformed about how to overcome this injury and so I see a couple of years ago um, or I guess it's still today people think that stretching for the proximal hamstring tendon helps it recover help and some health professionals are still advising this which is really tricky but we know that prolonged stretching if this tendon is in a a really irritated state it just further irritates Uh, we know that say stretching or foam rolling the ITB, especially around the insertion point, if you do have ITB syndrome, just irritates things. Um, so that's maybe one of the a common advice that someone might receive if they do have ITB syndrome. It's like, oh, just foam roll your ITBs. And so they foam roll the insertion point, so really close to the knee, and it just irritates the area. So that's another one if someone's ill-advised or misinformed someone who's running with maybe a low cadence, which is contributing to the injury being flared up when they don't know, they don't even know what cadence is. I've seen that very commonly. Someone who has plantar fasciitis and might not have the right advice around footwear. Um, I guess the example I used above when it comes to say someone having a proximal hamstring tendon or just any injury and they know that strengthening they know that strength training is the best thing or strength rehab exercises and then they just only keep to body weight because it might be a little bit painful during body weight or and they're too fearful to progress. Um, that's a little bit being misinformed as well because we know that a little bit of pain's okay and we know especially for tendons that heavy slow load through low levels of pain is actually probably the best thing you want to do for those tendons. And so just being misinformed, you guys have listened to the podcast before. You guys are well-informed when it comes to injuries. Um, or if an injury arises, you have those resources there. You've got the episodes. You've got the blogs to go back to so that you do have the best information possible. The fifth one, which is probably the most important when it comes to will this injury get better on its own, is the um, situation that can slowly develop into you developing chronic pain. And so there may be certain events, there may be certain um, things that transpire that leads to 
the pain signals being getting mixed messages from these pain signals um, because we know that pain can have uh, well tissues in the body usually heal within a couple of weeks usually or a couple of months max depending on their blood supply but we do know that pain persists well beyond several months in some cases and what's usually associated with what we call chronic pain is experience of anxiety experience of a frustration increased high levels of stress maybe under recovery and the brain has just evaluated this area based on context based on past experiences to prioritize this as a real threat a real high threat and so everything becomes quite sensitized everything becomes quite irritated and so pain persists beyond the time of tissue healing and will develop into chronic pain and this can like you can usually sense within um, a runner who's had a certain injury they've got really high levels of pain for no apparent reason their flare-ups are really random doesn't really make sense they're very anxious they're very fearful to load that load that area very apprehensive to run or load that the tissues uh, and yeah experiencing quite high levels of pain for no apparent reason and a injury can definitely not get better on its own if it's not if this chronic pain isn't addressed and how we address that is a very complicated topic whole podcast in its own I do have a podcast on it um, we can interview like uh, say Rachel Zoffness the pain specialist or I have other um, pain episodes on the podcast on the main feed to address and talk about chronic pain but this is one scenario if we have to talk about will this injury get better on its own if you have really fearful tendencies if the context has set you up for um, becoming really fearful about damaging this this particular site maybe you've had friends or family that's had this particular injury and they've had really tough time to overcome it and so that heightens the relevance of this injury heightens the importance of it and means that um, these doubts these fears about it getting better on its own is starting to creep in that all just ramps up the brain ramps up the nervous system and really introduces that sensitized state really early on and people have a, di a difficult time to overcome that and so that's what I have for those five um, so this is where things go wrong mismanaged the loading outside of running is exceeding the capacity missing pieces in your rehab being misinformed about how to recover this injury and then circumstances that might slowly develop into chronic pain or um, mixed messages when it comes to the pain signals and um, yeah that's what I that's what I have written down and so to finish I guess there's a bit of a checklist that I have here if you do have an injury or if you wanted to educate someone else or maybe um if someone else is injured and they want to show them this checklist. So number one, follow the right adaptation principles. It's just the first 10 episodes of the podcast, really. Um, follow those good management skills. Those two scenarios are used at the start of the episode. Two, when it comes to managing an injury, you want to have a week-by-week -week analysis and really just follow, is the injury getting better on its own? You need to follow a trend because there might be certain fluctuations or certain flare-ups um, that might not, that might, uh, you might interpret this as not getting better on its own, but you really need to document these things and take a step back because especially when it comes to chronic tendon issues, 
This gets better very slowly, very gradually, and you will see a trend if you document it and take a big step back. So week by week, month by month, are symptoms slowly getting better? And if it's not, that means we need to change something, which is the um, the third part I have here. You need to change the plan if things aren't working. If you are doing bodyweight exercises for six weeks and your injury is staying exactly the same, you need to change something. That be getting a second opinion, that be delving more into the research, maybe looking through some of the Run Smarter resources. If you're doing it for six weeks and nothing's getting better and you continue to do that for three months, odds are it's probably not going to get better. So we need to change something. Um, number four, just find any missing pieces if it's not getting better on its own. So that might be um, your reintroduction to running. Like I said, it might be the speed work. It might be doing some power-based exercises. It might be lifting heavier in the gym. It might be a, a more gradual return to run program. Find these missing pieces in your rehab. Find a really well-designed rehab ladder with a lot of incremental rungs in that ladder and then slowly work your way up. And number five, just sort out the right information. We've got the Run Smarter podcast. We've got the Run Smarter resources to try and find and inform you the best way possible. So that checklist, follow the just general adaptation principles, follow your trends week by week and try and see if there's a trend on the improve because day by day fluctuations can happen. Number three, if there is no change in symptoms, you need to change the plan. Number four, finding any missing pieces in your rehab. Number five, you need to find the right information. So in the short answer, if I was to say, will injury gets better on its own? Just generally speaking, yes, they will get better on their own if you do make those sensible decisions. And no, they won't get better on its own if it's continued to be mismanaged. Thanks once again for listening and taking control of your rehab. If you are a runner and love learning through the podcast format, then go ahead and check out the Run Smarter podcast hosted by me. I'll include the link along with all the other links mentioned today in the show notes. So open up your device, click on the show description, and all the links will be there waiting for you. Congratulations on paving your way forward towards an empowering, pain-free future. And remember, knowledge is power. Oh, <laughs> oh,